Hello everyone and uh, I'm Nicola Wake and welcome to another one of our NHS Specialist Pharmacy Service podcasts. This is an episode in our Pharmacy Technician Coffee Break Conversations. We had a webinar a little while ago about pharmacy technicians and their role in primary care, which led to this series because there was just so many people saying, this is what I do and this is what I do and so much chat about it that we reached out to some of these people and I am delighted to be joined today by Kira Whitehead Elliott. Now, Kira is a trainee pharmacy technician at Bart's Health NHS Trust, but we're here today to talk about her rotation as a trainee pharmacy technician in a GP practice. She popped in the chat box, didn't you, Kira, about an audit that you carried out, and we were like, "Ah, oh, brilliant!" So, Kira, I'm really looking forward to a oh, cup of coffee, cup of tea length of conversation with you about what you've been doing. Welcome to our podcast. Hi everyone. I don't know how quickly you think I drink a cup of coffee, but it's not so try and extend it a little bit. Um, I'm really excited to talk about some of the work that I've done. Oh, that's great. Yes, it depends on how hot our coffee is when we're drinking it, doesn't it? Now, Kate, um, Kira, one of the questions that we're kind of asking everybody, which um, uh, for some people takes longer than others, is we'd really like to know a little bit about yourself. And, and I say your career to date, I guess as a trainee, it probably isn't very long, but maybe you could tell the listeners a little bit about why you chose to to be a pharmacy technician and a bit about your uh, your your trainee experience so far it's actually a little bit of a longer tale than uh, expected i suppose uh-huh. um complete accident i had no idea a pharmacy technician or any idea about working in pharmacy at all um i actually started because i was looking for a part-time job when i was graduating university um, I'd been working in a supermarket and it was time and I thought you know my friends worked in a pharmacy I bet I'll find that really interesting it'll be a great little part-time job and I loved it I loved it so much it ended up being full-time and I've not left I just everything about the job just really speaks to me it's interesting you've got all this medicines information you get to talk to patients and it's just so fascinating. So I worked full time in a pharmacy for a little while. Um, I moved to another pharmacy and then I moved down to London to work in an outpatient pharmacy. I've worked in a few different outpatient pharmacies with different specialities. So cancer and HIV, really interesting. And then I worked on an oncology ward as a medicines management pharmacy assistant, which was amazing. Um, I ex- um it was really interesting I was really into stock management as well also managing everything for all the wards and I loved it and then I applied for the pharmacy technician role which I knew I'd been wanting to do for a while and I was so lucky to get on the cross-sector placement because it did mean that I got a six-month rotation at a GP surgery which has been life-changing for me because that's all I want to do now I really enjoyed it I enjoyed it so much oh I just love the way that you said I thought that would be a nice little part-time job and now it's like it's everything to me everything that I want to do I do think that's one of the great things about pharmacy is there's just so many 
such, there is an opportunity for career progression and an opportunity to do so many great things. So you said that you've just that that working your sit your cross sector placement, your six month rotation in a GP practice was life changing. Tell us a little bit more about what you about what a trainee pharmacy technician could do, what you were doing through those six months, Kira. It was so interesting. I learned so much in that six months. I couldn't believe it. I'd never even considered working in primary care. I thought I'd find it a little bit boring, to be perfectly honest. But nice. It, it wasn't. It was nice in a sense because nothing was urgent and had to be done that second. They were important, yeah. but not right that second. I could take my time with everything and I could get guidance from the people working around me. I had time to talk to people about the work that I'd been doing. I had a yes. really supervisor and she took the time to really listen to me. We had discussions. She listened to what I had to say and it was really, really nice. And I had time to work on my own audit, like you said. I had time to work on my own projects. I got to pick something that interested me. So my personal, the audit that I did. Mm, yes, tell us some more. Yeah, it was on new, it was, they're not particularly new guidelines. I think they're from 2017 issued by the MHRA about citalopram and escitalopram doses in patients over 65 years of age. Right. So citalopram and escitalopram are known to elongate the QT interval of the heart, which yep. do some different arrhythmias and at the extreme of the spectrum, it can lead to sudden death. Unlikely, but possible. And we possible. can avoid people dropping down dead. It's not. Yep. Um, so it was, I used a system called EMIS, which is really incredible, actually. Mm. Let me dig out all of the patients aged over 65 taking citalopram. I couldn't actually search by dose because if you just looked people taking the 40 milligram tablets you're not going to find everyone because a lot of people are just taking two of the 20s yes yes so i had to eliminate those manually so it was all in a spreadsheet but i could get the dose up and just pull out the ones that were taking more than 20 milligram and more than 10 milligram of the escitalopram and it was really easy to use i think i got 20 patients out of it that i needed to contact which was quite a lot actually it took longer than i expected it to i thought i'd maybe be able to contact them all in a few days but it took over a week getting through so after you so so you pulled all the data out of emis and i must admit primary care um kind of technology in some ways is streets ahead of what the systems are in secondary care but you pulled it all out into a spreadsheet and then did you contact the patients yourself as a trainee then kira it so oh, fantastic I'm all way through because I mean this is patient's health you can't just have a trainee doing everything but I was given yes. a lot a lot of freedom over this yeah uh-huh so I contacted them all and then I reviewed all the patients with my supervisor yeah. and then all of them I was allowed to book um the ECGs myself it was important to send all these patients for ECGs I was allowed to book them all myself all the patients I spoke to were happy to go it's it was a bit of a fine line between making sure they went to make sure they were safe and not frightening them yes yeah it was a skill that i wasn't 
particularly confident in myself with, but I actually managed okay, I think. Well, clearly, clearly your supervisor and the team around you had confidence that you could do it or they wouldn't have asked you, would they? So that's that's really great to hear. Yeah, so we ended up actually finding quite a few patients with heart arrhythmias. Whether that was related to the escitalopram and citalopram doses, we can't say until we send them for another ECG after adjusting the dose. Buffs. But it was perhaps an incidental finding and it was perhaps part of the audit, but worrying and interesting. So it's <laughs> good to do that. Oh, now, Kira, I mean, you were only six months in primary care and and I know myself from experience that audits can, well, you, you said yourself, it took you a little longer to contact the patients. They kind of can kind of drag out of it. Um, did you manage to finish it within the six months? I did not, unfortunately. I am, however, still in contact with my supervisor. Ah. Following up with her because I do really want to find out what happens. And. Sorry, I've lost my train of thought completely. No, not a problem at all. We were no, it. You were saying that um, uh, you were wanting to follow it up with your supervisor, um, which is great actually to hear that you still got that contact and it's it wasn't just a placement that you went bye bye and off you went on so to the next thing. We're in contact quite regularly because I learned so much from her and it is someone that I want to stay in touch with for the rest of my career. Um. And she's sort of really inspired me to get into primary care. I can see all the good work that she does. She was a pharmacist, but she really believed in having pharmacy technicians in primary care. And it was nice to have that trust placed in me. I can't even begin to tell her how much I appreciated that. No, I, I, yeah, I can, I can really, really hear that. And listeners won't necessarily know, but we record these um, uh, videos where we're not, we're not on the phone. I can see Kira's face, and she's the, the, the smile when you're talking about somebody who has really influenced you and encouraged you is, is, is just lovely to see. And I think the other thing I just like to just, just touch on is I thought that was really interesting that you said that you're as a trainee you found somebody that you want to maintain contact with you're building your connections already as a trainee and building up your personal network of wherever you might go um uh, is that something that you thought that you might be doing coming into this job or coming into primary care it's not something networking was not something that I considered important before but it really having these people that you can contact and trust if you've got a problem is incredible i mean i've know some excellent cardiac pharmacists that i would contact if i've got a question or a query or i want to do some learning i've obviously got my supervisor from primary care my managers are fantastic and building up that network's been really important and it's going to really support me in my career going forward absolutely yeah, that's that's a really valuable point. Now, unfortunately, we could clearly chat for ages about this, but this is meant to be meant to be a coffee break conversation. And I've got a really key question that I'm I'm really interested in as a as a trainee, although with a huge wealth of experience of working in medicines management and pharmacy before that, Kira, what would you like to say to people thinking about maybe doing being a pharmacy technician, people who are pharmacy technicians, pharmacists as well, and the wider team. 
what do you think are the unique skills and knowledge that pharmacy technicians bring to the multidisciplinary team? I mean, to start with, we have our training gives us a really excellent knowledge of medicines, their uses, their side effects. We can counsel patients on how to use them. We can counsel patients on how to look after themselves to manage their own conditions. Yeah. Important sort of self-care, patients managing their own health, giving them back their autonomy is really important. But we have a really wide range of wealth of practical knowledge as well. So yeah. just a small example, I was sat in with a doctor towards the end of my GP rotation and a patient came in with an eye infection. Uh-huh. She mentioned at the start of her consultation, she was going on holiday. The doctor wanted to prescribe chloramphenicol eye drops. And I said, she's going on holiday. She's getting on a plane. Let's give her the ointment. She won't have to keep it in a fridge. It's a bit more stable. It's tiny things like that that you know, it's a bit safer for the patient because she's not putting expired drops in her eyes. And it's things that doctors might not consider or pharmacists might not always consider because we have that practical knowledge from working in dispensaries and being around medicines. I just love that story. I Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a carer in a way for my children who are on medicines and you're absolutely right. It's those little things that you think, oh, hang on. Why? Why did you know this would be better? And it's the wealth that everybody brings to the team. No, Kira, that's fantastic. Do you know, it's been lovely chatting to you today. Absolutely lovely. And I really hope that our listeners have enjoyed this. So a huge thank you, Kira. Thank you to Emma, my colleague, who is recording this um, podcast for us. If you'd like to hear more podcasts from NHS Specialist Pharmacy Service, you can follow us at soundcloud.com forward slash NHS underscore SPS. And if you haven't done so already, do register on our website, sps.nhs.uk, for regular updates about our events, our resources, and uh, future podcast episodes. So, on behalf of Emma and Kira and me, bye for now. Bye.